Welcome to City Life Church, and this is our podcast. This is Pastor Dave Diefendorf, and we are so honored to have you join us today. Our passion is to help you discover who God is, grow in the likeness of Jesus, and lead well in this generation. I hope in this message, God will meet you where you're at, and take you to the next level in your connection with Him and His kingdom. Enjoy the message. And then we actually get in the real world, and our boss is a particular way, our coworkers are a particular way, the culture in which we work is a particular way, and we're thinking, man, this isn't what I dreamed up when I was, you know, in high school. How about having kids? A lot of setbacks for parents. Fathers, you all know this, a setback, a little dad bod. A little dad bod's a big setback for having kids, but it's worth it. Uh, how about your own life path? Your own life path. Now we're going to get into some setbacks and some. We're going to get back to a specific. We're going to get to a specific setback and defeat that Israel endured. And um, in our story so far, Joshua took the uh, took over for Moses. Uh, he was leading the Israelites into the Promised Land. This will just kind of catch you up with the story, and then we'll dive in. Um, so Joshua has led the Israelites into the promised land. The Jordan River parted. They lead in. They camp out at Gilgal, this, this town in Gilgal. Then they go fight Jericho, we talked about last week, and they win. And this is where we find ourselves. Uh, but so far, the people of God have been completely victorious. They crossed over well. They camped out well. They, they, uh, they consulted the Lord before they go into Jericho. And they won at Jericho, but so far the story's been a success, but setbacks are coming. So let's pray. Father, Lord, in our life, God, we experience a lot like what Joshua is about to. God, we experience setbacks, we experience defeats. Father, a lot of times these are of our own making. And God, I pray that of those that are, God, I pray that you would put your finger on our lives today. Holy Spirit, I pray that your voice, God, would speak to our heart of the areas that you're pointing out, or Father, the, the vision that you have for our life, the vision of a victorious life. That God, that's what you've made us for. So, Father, I pray that you would do your work through your word. Amen. Joshua 7, 1 through 9. It says, but Israel violated the instructions about the things set apart for the Lord. A man named Achan. Now, from here on out, there, we're going to say the word Achan a lot. But if you'd permit me, the English, the uh, Americanized uh, translation is Achan. All right? So we're just going to go from Achan from here on out. All right? Amen. Because um, Achan, I don't want to chortle on my screen up here. So anyway. Uh, a man named Achan had stolen some of the dedicated things, so the Lord was very angry with the Israelites. Achan was the son of Camri, descendant of Zimri, son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah. Joshua sent some of his men from Jericho to spy out the town of Ai. So this chapter starts off to say, hey, just to let you know, there's this dude in the camp that just sinned. But then they kind of go back in verse uh, 3 when jo Joshua says, now Joshua sent some men to Ai. It's pronounced Ai. It's A-I. They didn't get really creative on this town name. But uh, 
But Joshua sent some of his men from Jericho to spy out the town of Ai, east of Bethel, near Beth-Avon. When they returned, they told Joshua, there's no need for us to go up there. It won't take more than two or 3,000 men to attack Ai, since there are so few of them. Don't make all of our people struggle to go up there. So approximately 3,000 warriors were sent, but they were soundly defeated. The men of Ai chased the Israelites from the town gate as far as the quarries, and they killed about 36 who were retreating down the slope. The Israelites were paralyzed with fear at this turn of events, and their courage melted away. Joshua and the elders of Israel tore their clothing in dismay, threw dust on their heads, and bowed face down on the ground before the ark of the Lord until evening. I want to examine a couple reasons why Israel failed at I. And in doing so, I, I, I think that we're going to also expose some of the reasons you and I experience failure and setbacks in our life. So let's dive in. Number one, why did they experience defeat? Pride. Pride. Joshua had counted on unbroken victory in the new land. He felt sure that there would be no more defeat. That never again would his people Israel fail. God gave them victory at Jericho, and that's just the beginning, baby. God's about ready to take over all this promised land. So why not? Why not just send out, I was, probably had about 12,000 people at the time. They just send out three or four. It'll be easy. We got them. Everybody's tired from marching around seven times around Jericho. It's probably not. They didn't, fight. They didn't even have to fight in the previous battle. They just let God lead the way. And they obeyed. But it was right there when Joshua said, send out spies. It was right there, right in that moment, that Joshua proceeded in his own wisdom and self-confidence. And as Proverbs 16, 18 says, pride comes before destruction. We so easily imagine that because we've achieved victory once, that God has provided everything that we need for the rest of the journey in, our, in strength and in victory. That we've got enough for the entire journey, but here Joshua's self-confidence is outed. There was no prayer, no instruction from God like they had before with Jericho. They didn't even pause to consider what God wanted to do. They just made the decision. How many times in our life have we done that well this seems like the easiest way or this seems this makes sense or uh, this is what i think we should do and so we go ahead and decide in our own pride in our own self-reliance if he had only sought god before he sent out any of the spies he probably would have easily discerned that there was sin in the camp which we'll get to in a minute Somebody stole some goods and was hiding it out in the camp. So to Joshua, it appeared that either God had deserted them or else God himself was unable to cope with the strength of the enemy in this land. And so Joshua groans. His pride, his confidence was dashed. Look in verse 7, Then Joshua cried out, O sovereign Lord, why did you bring us across the Jordan River? If you are going to let the Amorites kill us, if only we had been content to stay on the other side. Wow. Our man of faith, Joshua, 
our mighty man that's leading probably 2.5 million people into these kind of battles and into, wow! He's losing it. <laughs> Do you ever lose it? Have you ever lost it before? You can kind of resonate with a little bit with Joshua saying here. If only we had been content to stay on the other side. Basically, it would have been better if we just would have stayed in the wilderness. Lord, what can I say now that Israel has fled from its enemies? Again, that's speaking right to his expectation. He kind of outs his own expectation there. Lord, what can I say now that Israel has fled from his enemies? He had the expectation that they were going to be unconquerable. For when the Canaanites and all the other people living in the land hear about it, they will surround us and wipe our name off the face of the earth. And then what will happen to the honor of your great name? I like Joshua's heart at the end of that, even though he's grumbling and frustrated and, and wondering what is about to happen and how did we get here. He puts it back on the Lord to say, but God... We're still your people, and we need you. He's hopeless, frustrated. He feels abandoned by God. If we walk in self-confidence, victory will only come after God breaking you. I'll say that again. If we walk in self-confidence and pride, victory will come on the other side of God breaking you. Mmm, delightful, doesn't it sound? Mmm, just came to church on Sunday to get all stirred up and encouraged. But if we were to see with kingdom lenses, God's design and desire for your life is that He's after your heart. He's after you. He's after your affections, your desires. Because you're made in His image. And with Him... Alive in you, you become who God made you to be. Only through what Christ did on the cross. But if we walk in self-confidence, if we trudge out in our own strength and our own instruction and us trying to figure it out, the Lord rebukes Joshua here. So he's, he's, he's moaning to the Lord, which the Lord can handle our moans. The Lord can handle your moans. A lot of times, if we, especially if you've grown up in church, you think God's kind of like, God can't handle that. Like, I need to present myself to God in a particular right way, you know, for Him to hear you, for Him to move on your behalf. But let me tell you, He wants to break, He's going to break that off of you to when it finally gets down to your heart, and He finally gets and you say, God, have me. God, take me. God, lead me. God, whatever your direction, God, whatever my next step is, God, I'm depending on you to guide me. That's the place where the Lord wants to take you. And he will use so many different relationships and career uh, readjustments, career pivots, as we say now. We pivoted in our career and a lot of different pivots in different areas in our life that God is after your heart. And sometimes we find ourselves in difficult situations, not seeing that it's those difficult situations that God is using to leverage to get to you. Sorry, a little loud this morning. 
but because of pride being pride and self-confidence being so deceptive it's insidious that we really don't cry out the way we need to until a lot of times we're broken until a lot of times the floor comes you know gets pulled out from underneath your feet when the plans that you had come crumbling apart what is God after in those moments? He's after this. If you would see the value of God's connection with your life, huh, a lot of other things in the world would pale. So how did they suffer? Why did they suffer defeat? There was pride. And then number two is that we hide. Pride, and then we hide. Joshua 7, verse 10, it says, But the Lord said to Joshua, Get up! Why are you lying on your face like this? After it's done, the Lord is like, Now's not the time to pray. Now is the time for action. Israel had sinned and broken my covenant, has sinned and broken my covenant. They have stolen some of the things that I commanded must be set apart for me, and they have not only stolen them, but they've lied about it and hidden the things among their own belongings. That is why the Israelites are running from their enemies in defeat. For now Israel itself has been set apart for destruction. I will not remain with you any longer unless you destroy the things among you that were set apart for destruction. Wow. God seems to be a little bit more passionate about it than the Israelites were. A lot of times we think God's not so passionate or it doesn't have much of an opinion of what we hide from Him or others. See, so he goes on, he says, Get up, command the people to purify themselves in preparation for tomorrow, for this is what the Lord the God of Israel says, hidden among you, O Israel, are things set apart for the Lord. You will never defeat your enemies until you remove these things from among you. Hmm. You will never defeat your enemies until you remove these things from among you. In the morning you must present yourself by tribe, and then the Lord will point out the tribe to which the guilty man belongs, and then the tribe will come forward with its clans, and the Lord will point out the guilty clan, then that clan will come forward and the Lord will point out the guilty family and finally each member of the guilty family must come forward one by one. So that's what happens. It, uh, Joshua brings out the next day all of Israel and through, um, it's kind of hard, to, it's kind of weird to explain, but basically, so they're like, how did these, how did these, how did these tribes get highlighted? Basically they had a, it's kind of weird. I don't know how else to describe it. Basically, they're called lots, but they were, they were like holy dice in a sense. But they would roll these kind of holy dice, and, it would, and God would kind of speak. Anyway, so, so he brings them. Tribes get presented. God highlights a particular tribe. Then the, then the tribe comes, and God highlights a particular clan. And then uh, they, the, the particular clan comes out and highlights a particular family. And then Throughout this process, it lands on this man, Achan. They go through this whole process, and finally the Lord points out Achan. This brother, 
decided to relocate some of the plunder from Jericho to his tent. Okay? That's what he decided to do, which was a pretty lame move for all that God had done for Israel. But what's interesting is that one individual, sorry, one individual in the camp had betrayed God's trust. And what's interesting is that heaven's response to this is not Achan sinned, but that Israel sinned. It wasn't just, God didn't just point out the one man, he pointed out all the people saying there's sin in your midst. No follower of Jesus can sin without affecting the whole church. No child of God can grow cold in a spiritual life without lowering the temperature of those around him. And you get enough people with low temperatures of their spiritual walk, and that's when you get a room full of the frozen chosen. <laughs> How you treat people around you matters. How you do your job in excellence, if you're a follower of Jesus, matters. What you do in private matters. It's not only hiding the sin in our lives, just as a little parenthetical here, addition. It's not only hiding the sin in our lives, but it's also hiding who you are in Christ from the world. Holding back what is the Lord's. If you're to really dive in, it's not just the sin, but it's holding back what's the Lord's. What is the Lord's? The gifts, the callings, the design on your life. So not expressing the gifts that God has made you for. And that's a, there's a phrase called the sin of commission, sin of omission, things that we commit and the things that we omit. But in this case, Achan had committed sin. But just wanted to bring that up, that when we tend to hide, it's not just that we hide in sin, but we hide also the gifts and callings God's made us for because we're afraid or we don't know how to express that. So the testimony of this church, I will say, the testimony of this church in this city depends on the victorious life of every person who's a part of it. And if we would only see that, if we could actually see that, how readily we would recognize how much help, strengthening, prayer, and encouragement every one of us needs. So how did they resolve this? Aiken, which by the way, his name means trouble, right here in River City. Okay? Old, old song. So Aiken's name is Trouble. So Aiken, or Trouble, is exposed. Joshua 7, verse 20 says, Truly I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel, and this is what I did when I saw among the spoil beautiful, a beautiful cloak from Shinar, 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold weighing 50 shekels. Then I coveted them and I took them. And see, they are hidden in the earth inside my tent with silver underneath. Achan waited. Could you imagine going through that many people? Going through, picking the tribe. You know, I'm sure. Could you imagine Achan's internal thoughts 
as this process is going on. You know, like, oh man, you know, I wonder if somebody, you know, when, you, when it's you, but you kind of look around, like, you know, wondering if it's not somebody else, you know, and you're thinking, oh man, is it a guy from over there? And like, no, they gets to his tribe, and then it's like, okay, still kind of looking around. Okay, I wonder which clan, you know, and then it gets to his clan, and then it's just his, you know, his clan, and it's just like, hey man, you know, was it? But he waits until... The Lord narrows him down. And like Achan, most of us are more afraid of being found out than ashamed of the sin in our hearts and the consequences it brings. Wow. We are. We're afraid of being found out. We believe the lie that if people find out deeper things about who you are, that they will reject you. But most of the time, when you reveal your heart or when someone else reveals their heart to you, what's it, what's it do? It makes you lean in. It makes you lean in. It makes you say, wow, I see you for who you are. Wow, I didn't know that about your story. Oh my gosh, that is a story. So Achan confesses his sin after he gets found out. Then Achan's eliminated. Joshua, with the help and direction of the Lord, got to the bottom of Israel's hidden sin. And Achan and his whole family, which, based upon the Jewish law previously stated, it probably implies that his whole family was a part of the cover-up, literally the cover-up, and so they were all destroyed. Yeah. To acknowledge, yeah. To acknowledge that we have been guilty doesn't go far enough. Have you ever spent an hour asking yourself, how did that happen? What was the cause? Why did I, why did I do that? Where did that come from? Man, I've had this pattern my whole life. When did it start? It's about spending time much like Joshua did with the nation kind of going through in the sense of when we sin or when we have these hidden things, it's like, or when we, even self-confidence, when we have these things, do we actually take it to the mat with the Lord? To say, where did this, why did this, God, what was a part of me? Was there, what was going on in my heart? How did I find myself in this situation? How do I not find myself in this situation? What safeguards do I need to put up in my life? Who do I need to invite and be vulnerable with to actually live this life of victory? So you're either serious about living a life of victory or you're just playing a religious game hoping that nobody finds you out and you can kind of be the nice person around. But let me tell you, that's not what I want for my life. Rooted out. They rooted it out. They didn't just say, oh Lord, we're guilty, we're sorry. But they rooted it out. They spent time to root it out. But we don't like going there because it's usually those areas that we're most afraid to go. It's the dragon that we, that we run from slaying. I don't know if you could probably imagine my, 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 my son's Say, all their friends say, I look mean. 
And I'm like, dude, what's up with that? Like, I'm a pretty nice guy, you know? They're like, yeah, Dad, you just look mean, you know? But admittedly, admittedly, do I, does my face at rest look mean? I mean, come on, man. It's like, golly, that's, that cut, that cut quick, man, dang. But, so I'm around their friends, hey, guys, you know, just trying to turn around the image, you know? Turn around the optics on that whole thing. But anyway, but I had a problem with anger. I had a big problem with anger. Um, I thought I solved it until I got married. <laughs> and uh, no way, no way, no way. There were things that came out of me that I didn't think were in there. But um, so I, I had a continual problem with anger for years. And uh, I never really did the work. I did the quick apology, oh, I'm sorry for my throwing up this emotion in this environment. Hey, I'm sorry for that, for the words I said when I was frustrated. Son, I'm so sorry I repent to you. And after doing that time and time and time and time again, it was finally time to just do some work. I was tired of the environment that my life was creating. And so I just stopped, and I just asked God, God, where is this coming from? And allowed him to direct me to figure out that whenever I'm overwhelmed, that's when I get angry. And like the whole world became simplified to just that. I recognized that it wasn't just because I'm an angry person. It's just that when certain circumstances and I'm seeing them a particular way, that I get angry and frustrated. But it simplified my whole world, but until I got to the root of that, I never had any victory. God wants you to get to the root of things that plague you, that defeat you. And so God said to Joshua, you cannot stand before your enemies until you take away this accursed thing from your midst. And it was only after humble repentance and severely dealing with Achan's sin and getting direction from the Lord that God gives victory over I to the Israelites. So they recognize their sin. Joshua repents of his self-confidence, turns back to the Lord, they expose Achan, they deal with Achan, and then they can actually get victory. And so they're, they, they, they go on from their victory over Ai, and they begin uh, heading westward into the promised land, and they, begin, they, they go cut right to the middle of the promised land, and then they swing south, and then they swing north, and they end up taking... Uh, over the promised land. They, they not necessarily removed everybody, but everybody was beaten and scattered. At the end of chapter 11, you can see that everybody's beaten and scattered. They had taken the land. However, much of the territory was yet to be fully possessed, and, but it was left to each tribe to possess what was given to them by God. Each tribe was to apply individually the lessons that they learned in the United War the lessons they learned there, they had to begin to apply that to their own territory. Living a victorious Christian life is about appropriating the victory of God into your life. 
the thing that Jesus secured on the cross, if you desire to go on with this journey in God and walk with Christ in victory and in power until you meet Him face to face, then it's about seeking the quiet place and getting with Him. Leaning into Him. About reflecting on what God has said to you in the past. Where you can thank the Lord for the truth and the victory you've received already in life. And where you may claim for yourself personally all that God in Christ Jesus has accomplished. What is that? That means like appropriating His life. That means seizing His peace. That means appropriating His vision of the kingdom in your life. That means getting His patience for those things that overwhelm you. His perspective, His strength, His power, His direction. Don't live a defeated life. Don't live in self-confidence or hiding. That will always lead to defeat and a breaking. But if we just to say, God, I confess my sin to you. I don't hide it. I reveal it volitionally. I'm not going to wait for the dark day to hit before I have to plead with you. I'm actually going to pray in victory to say, God, even though I'm standing strong today, God, I give this to you. If there's defeat, it might be time to repent of pride and refuse to hide. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we just thank you. Thank you for pursuing our heart. Thank you, God, that, Lord, we may be in the middle of some of the greatest storms we've ever walked through, but, God, you are there with us. God, you are speaking life over us, direction, God, peace. God, Father, I pray that we would be people that even in the midst of a storm we'd turn to you God, to receive direction. God, to receive guidance. God, that we would not get caught up in our own self-confidence, our own pride. God, that we wouldn't keep things hidden from you. God, that we would expose what's going on, not just to you, but even to some people around us, God. Because, God, we need to walk with people beside us in this race, in this journey And Father, I pray that you would give us this hunger of our heart to say, God, you have made us for victory. And God, we are going to watch over each other's lives for any self-confidence and pride. God, we say we are, God, we desire humility. And Father, for if there's any hidden sin, God, I pray that you would give us the strength and the courage to get that exposed to let people know, because God, that's where the power of the enemy is broken. Lord Jesus, help us fight well, even in our setbacks. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we hope this message has inspired you and challenged you to be the man or woman he's called you to be now and to see his kingdom grow in every area and arena of life. God is with you more than you know. For more information about our community here in Kansas City, please visit us online at citylifekc.org, and we'll see you next time on the City Life Podcast.